Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, on this episode, it's myself, Stephen, joined by Terry. We're going to be talking about Everton's dramatic FA Cup victory over Tottenham Hotspur. Also, we're going to be previewing Everton's game against Fulham on Sunday. And uh, of course, we've got the special Toffee Blues lightning round at the end of the show where uh, I'm going to be quizzing Teddy on all things, uh, on all parts of his life as an Everton supporter. Um, so yeah, hope you all enjoy it and let's get straight into it. Today we're going to be talking about that dramatic Everton win over Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup last night. First of all, Teddy, um, what a game, honestly. Usually Everton like to come out second best in games like that and they get shown on Sky for years and years to, to come. Um, but not last night. Everton came out on top and got the win 5-4 after extra time. What did you make of it, if if you can put it into words? Yeah, nice, uh, nice quiet one. Bit tense, wasn't it? Like a bit cagey. Our, our, one, our 1-0 our... predictions went straight out the window. <laughs> Are there any words for what transpired? The game was off its head. Like from from the first minute till the last minute of the uh, extra time, I didn't. I, I, I <laughs> honestly, the way I describe it is, it was just in like sections of games where at the beginning they came out on fire spares. We just looked like we couldn't live with them. You know, we had, we got the let off with the save from uh, Olsen, and then they, they scored like not long after. <laughs> then we um, we could be about 5-0 down after about half an hour because they're just running all over us then we decided I said on Twitter to activate instant kill like and just start started lashing goals past them and they're suddenly 3-1 down <laughs> that's amazing that. then the last last action of this first half yeah I mean Ed loves, loves a goal contribution either way and the Latin um, first time stoppage time he uh, he kicks fresh air and it's three two, and then that's that was just half time. And obviously the second half swings back and forth a few times until obviously uh, Bernard tears you apart again. He um, he settles it, but I don't I don't believe right. I cannot believe the two the two teams the two clubs in the Premier League with two of the famed tacticians of world football in the dugout, Jose Mourinho. Carlo Ancelotti just decided to bin all tactics off and have a shootout. I think Ben Godfrey said it was like a game of pro clubs on FIFA, yeah. wasn't it? Just I was sat there thinking, this is like a game you'd see in FIFA this. As soon as a goal went in, you absolutely knew the other, the other team was going to go down the end and put it in the net. Such a strange, strange game of football. Like, Gilfie Sigurdsson, I thought, was boss. Like, I can't believe it because the first 15 minutes... I was fuming the first 15 minutes. I thought, that's it. Everton have come and they've brought a knife to a gunfight again and we're going to go out the FA Cup with a whimper here. And um, I, honestly, I can't believe... I was saying to, saying to me, Dad, can you imagine 
the odds of this finishing 3-1 at half-time after about 15 or 20 minutes, no, because it's just, it was unbelievable. Um, the Dominic Carver-Lewin goal, which was which Lloris probably should have done a bit better, it went through him really, didn't it? Um, the penalty, which I thought was a bit, it's a bit sceptical. Um, I don't really see too much contact, but everyone's saying that he was tripped. And then that Richarlison goal, absolute, absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, it's great to be, great to be in the next round. Couple of, couple of good teams at the time we're recording this. We haven't, um, we don't know who Everton are getting the next round. Who, who are you hoping to see in the next round, Terry? A Bournemouth or a Sheffield United, really? Sheffield United don't want Bournemouth. Forget it. They've got a good record oh. against us. It's not. Yeah. It's not like they're a lower league side who've been down for ten years. They've they've only were a Premier League side last season. Yeah. It's not like got... it's not like we're playing Sheffield Wednesday like we did in the in the in the last round before Tottenham. It's just. Um, yeah. It'd be a tough game against them. Not to forget, we actually lost at home to them last season in the last day. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Bournemouth would be a, t- a tricky one for me. Don't want Bournemouth. Don't want Bournemouth because they, they, they I think they we're more likely to slip up against Bournemouth. What I want is Sheffield United. They haven't got the sign over as like Bournemouth have. So I no. think, I think, uh, and the rest of the teams are all good. So Sheffield United at home would be my ideal one. So, like we'll we'll try and pick apart some of those goals because there was some absolute pearlers. Richard, both of Richarlison's goals, which he really needed and made up. He got those two because uh, me and Paul were talking about the. Uh, on on the pre-match stream, talking about what Richarlison needs to do to to like you know get his form back. He said score the winning goal. He's that sort of player. He'll work off his last performance. Um, and for the while it looked like it was gonna be gonna be the winning goal, didn't it? You know that that one at the Gladys Street, and then obviously Kane equalised. But beginning with you know Dominic Calvert Lewin's goal, it was good to see Dom you know uh, get one against Tottenham again, same as he did earlier on in the season. Um, but what did you make of Everton's goals on the night? Because Tottenham fans will, will say, and will say as well, the defending was awful from both teams majority of the time. Um, but the goals on show were strange ones as well to, to sort of coincide with the result, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, it was weird. Like, some of the goals were great and some of them were just proper for both teams and some of them were just, like, smelly goals. Like, just absolutely, like... You uh, you look at the goals in the game and the, the the ones that stand out as really good goals are obviously Bernard's one because the assist from um, Sigurdsson and I think Richarlison's seconds where he shoots across the keeper and probably Harry Kane the cross is really good. A lot of the others though are just like defensive errors or like misplaced passes that the other team picks up on. Like our first goal, Calvert Lewin, he he he's already he just hit the post before that, so that, you know. Spurs knew it was coming. They, you know, that Tom was in a goal-scoring mood. He lashes his goal literally through through Hugo Lloris. His, his hands are made of crisps. I Because yeah. I'd be an absolutely berserk if that was the other way around. If Harry Kane would have scored that, past one our keepers either just the second get Virginia in goal. Yeah. Um, obviously, Charlson's is just a bit of good movement. He absolutely, you know. Just glides past the defensive, lets him shoot. Good placement of the goal of the ball. Um, penalties, penalty. Um, Richarlison second, although it is a good finish, it comes from a mistake from yeah from Tottenham. 
and the Bernard one similar. They're just, you know, just giving it away in midfield. Mad how similar they were. Where's what wasn't it? Isn't it really? We got we got round there twice. I know Sigurdsson's the second one was a good assist from Sigurdsson, and it's sort of above them, isn't it? In the air, isn't it? Um, but they they were two similar goals, and you know Hugo Lloris, he had been a, you know, he's quite highly rated. I expected them to save either one of those, to be honest. Um, it's a bit harsh, I think, on some of them because they they're just such good finishers. I think his defenders have let them down there, but the goals we conceded, like they, we're usually really good at defending corners, aren't they? But oh, that was have you seen? That was yeah. Mourinho all over that. He, he clearly had studied our set pieces and found a weak spot, and it was the front post of corners, not like. Yeah. Oh, not not so much the front post, the front of the of the six yard box. Mm. He, he obviously realised that Everton instruct their goalkeepers not to come and collect the ball, yeah. to have their defenders meet the ball. So if you can beat the defenders jump, it it's live in the six yard box then, and then that's what happens. You know, especially with um, Sanchez's second goal, they win the flick on, and then yeah, Olsen saves it, but then Kilfee's asleep and Sanchez scores. But it was. <sighs> I'm not even talking about the goal in, in, in chronological order because the game was just so off its head. It's hard to analyse it from minute one to the end because yeah. it's so much happened in it. You fully expect that Carlo will look at those goals we conceded because there was some scrappy goals Tottenham scored just from the corners. Um, like There was the cross into Harry Kane as well, which I think started with the corner and about 10 seconds later, it, that, that was the goal. The Sanchez oh. one to make it 3-3. Um, and I think that, did the first one come from a cross or was it a corner the first Sanchez goal first one was a corner it was on yeah. like the, it was in the first five missed minutes. the first goal um, went out the room thinking nothing's going to happen for the first you know few minutes come out and come back and they were 1-0 up and honestly Terry like I felt like the world dropped like me, me entire world just caved in at that point I was so so angry Um and like everyone was talking on Twitter, like this is typical Everton, this is the way we've started this game. Um, but hopefully, you know, Carlo looks at the fact that we weren't really at it from corners, which usually we're really good at, aren't we? And, um, you know, find some sort of way to play against that once uh, if, if any other teams try it. Um, because, yeah, we were, we were wide open. I seen that uh, someone took like a, a Stephen King novel and it was like the Spurs corner. It was like a horror novel. Because yeah, we we were we were pretty bad from them last night, and that was wasn't what I expected. Talking to the you know in the, in the pre matches and everything, I said it'd be tough to score from um, corners for Tottenham because we were we really good from set pieces this season. Me and Paul we, and 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 James as well, we were talking about how and, and Paul, Paul looking back on Paul's um, Paul's like you know comments going into the game, he kept talking about how this would be a really scrappy game. It'll be the first team to score, will win it and all stuff like that. But it's so good to see that, you know, um, like a, a game that you know, was a high scoring game that'll probably get banded about as like a cup classic now. It's good to see Everton finally win and one because we're used to coming out on, on, you know, coming out on the second best because um, I can't remember if it was you said it as well, but I... I I gave up with the extra time. I, I checked the score at half time and extra time and seen we were five four up because I was too nervous, um, and I just expected Everton to really, you know. I think it was it was you said in in the in the Toffee Blues chat like uh, these have got 
Kane and Ali on the pitch and we've got Bernard and Coleman on the wings and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I I am usually a glass half full type of like supporter anyway. I like to see yeah, the, yeah. the up. But I couldn't, I'm not the only one either, but I couldn't see us winning that at about three separate points. When we went 1-0 down, I was like, we're going to get battered this game. You can see. Oh, yeah. And then obviously we go 3-1 up and it's like, bloody hell, how wrong I was. Then when they equalised for 3-3, three, three, I was yeah, like, I thought we were going to let go of it there as well. That's it. We're nothing. And then when we went four four, I was like, no. Like we we got to the point where, as you said, then I I said it in the group chat that we had Bernard on the left. Who, let's be honest, he hadn't done much in his recent his recent cameos. Bernard as he and we had a right back at right forward and Richarlison through the middle. So I just and and that's not to say we couldn't score with them because obviously we did, but I just thought they've got Son and Kane and and um, Italy Ali with a point to prove and I just thought they've got too much quality we're not defending well clearly <laughs> uh, and I don't see us scoring anymore so I thought to myself every time we were level or I was like we can't score again and they can that was my attitude yeah. and every time I was wrong and I'm happy to be wrong and it was they're great when you win those games. Like imagine we'd have been three one up but lost four three. Imagine how angry you'd be today. Go, oh. what is wrong with this club? But if you win, you just forget all the uh, the goals you can see and just go, well, we scored more. And it's it's great, as you said, it's great to come out of one of these classic games that's going to get repeated on like you know compilations for ages, yeah. and you haven't lost because you like on the Premier League years, every single top goal that was scored in the Premier League it was against. It's against- yeah, you like you'll always look back, and there'll, there'll always be like the Alan Shearer goal for Newcastle, and there's always the uh, like there's the, the the Liverpool derby, which was four four one, wasn't it? Which which we which we should have won. Was it that? Was that the one where we we had the goal disallowed in the last minute? I think so. Yeah, well, that I, I, I always more like Lampard and Drogba, and they're always against us. Mm. But um. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to come out on top of a, what was a crazy game. Well, thankfully that's not the case uh, today. Everton beating Spurs five four. Uh, we can't like leave it without mentioning Tom Davis last night because the lad seen and um, I used the, the phrase against against Man United. He had a rocket shoved up a certain part of his body last night. He the absolute p- pace he showed on the turn. And his willingness to get the ball forward for the first time in ages was just unbelievable. Like, I'm so made up for him because I've been one of his biggest critics and finally he's, he's discovered a bit of form. So, yeah, I'm just absolutely made up. Teddy, you got anything to say about Tom Davis last night? It was the best performance of his Everton career so far. He was just quality. From He got better and better as the game went on in the sense of, when we had to have the second half of extra time where we were defending the lead, I actually was sitting there thinking to Davies, give it to Tom Davis. And would you say would you have said that a different No, definitely not. The last three games he's just been a completely different player. I think he'd come on against Leeds, didn't he, at the in, towards the end. And he just seemed to be he was milking the game out. He seemed to have a lot of um like he had to, he seemed to have a big game mentality when he come on. He had the right attitude. We're going to see this game out till the very end, and I'm going to keep hold of the ball. And you can put as many players on the ball as you want, and you're not going to get this ball off me. And then at Man United, he kept striving to get that, 
that equaliser and we did end up doing it and the whole team was was good uh, in the second half of that game but yeah no, he, he was rightly singled out for for praise and then last night it's unbelievable like it's it's good so good to see all the fans that seem to be like back on him you know back enjoying watching him and all the pictures of him in New York with Calvert Lewin and all this like designer gear and all that I love to see all that because it, it 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 really does fan all the fans heads in you know what though I'm I'm he has an amazing game and he's deservedly man the match I think. But my first reaction isn't just to go, ah, now I can go and the finger and say I told you so to all those no, fans who didn't like. I, I think a lot of the time the criticism's been unfair, but a lot of the time it's also been fair because yeah. he hasn't played like, well. Yeah. But, but you've got to you've got to approach it without uh, I hate the word agenda. So you've got to approach it without a bias where you think he's crap and I and he's always going to be crap. Carlo has made players out of. I I wanted Michael Keane gone. I thought I I started off thinking he was good, and then when people said he wasn't good, I was like, no, stick with him. Then I swung the other way and thought, no, I was wrong. He's he's not good enough. Yeah. Then after lockdown, Carlo had turned him into a player, and he's still a player now. I would love him to do that with with more. He's done it with Calvert Lewin, Holgate. Why not Davis? Like if Davies can can move on, because Calvert Lewin used to get called a championship striker, yeah, and all that, and now he's you know he's qualities a twenty goal a season striker in the making. Tom Davies, if he could have that season that that Holgate and Calvert Lewin had last season, would be it'd be brilliant. It'd save us a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like mm. forget that he's scouts, forget that he's an Evertonian and all that. I just want good players and if Carlo can make a homegrown player into a good player, if he can do the if he can make Davies after the Calvert Lewin you know transformation. Yeah. Why not? I want him to do that with loads of players. There's no player I would I'd love him to do it to Pickford. I'd love him to do it to or I'd rather not replace the players if you can make them good. And Davies yeah, seemed like he just didn't know what he was, didn't know what his best position was, didn't know where he played and he seems to have this season settled on all those issues we now know the way where he plays in the under 23s for under 21 for England he can play number six and mm. that's where we're going to play him yeah. and he's good there if you give him a run of games so I want him to go from strength to strength I want him to be next season uh, you've got to play Tom Davies he's quality because no one would have said that at the beginning of last season about Calvert-Lewin and now imagine it being fit not playing him oh no it, it'd be really controversial because he's been but it's our top goal scorer. There's nothing more to say about it. Um, with Davies, for me, I, I loved him when he first broke into the team. Um, thought he was brilliant. And when people started to sort of think he's not he's not up to it, I stayed with him a bit longer. And then it was last season, really. He was doing me head in. He just didn't seem to have any sort of coaching or guidance. But last few games, I'm just made up because he's one of those players, you want to like him, but you can't like him if he's not doing the right things. Because at the end of the day, we need to be winning games. Luckily, last few games, he's shown the form we know he can and he's having his best games for Everton so far. So I'm just made up that we can we can um, talk about him again, that he should be in the start 11. We can talk about how well he's been playing. So it's really good. Um, I think we've covered all the bases there. With a game like that, there's so much we could talk about.
we're going to be previewing Everton's Premier League match at home to Fulham on Sunday. Um, Terry, first of all, are you confident going into this game? Yeah, I suppose I am. <laughs> you know, beat Tottenham, got a last gas point at, um, at Old Trafford, beat Leeds. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, we'll just walk over Fulham. As, you know, they're a lot better than, than they have been here previously in the season, but getting players back from injury now. And, um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I anticipate or I expect, I demand an Everton win because we've got to build on good results like like the Old Trafford results and the, the Leeds win. But you can't can't drop points at home to Fulham if you want to do something in that scenario. No, I think there is a level of confidence, but after that Newcastle game, um, we, which which we all said was a banker, we lost that game two 0 So, yeah, that. <sighs> I mean, obviously, very different teams. Fulham, um, Fulham known this season for wanting to sort of play under Scott Parker and wanting to play a bit more football. Um, that's got to play into our hands, surely, hasn't it? Because you know, if they're gonna come, if they come to Goodison and they want to play, we'll allow it because we've done it against teams that want to play. Tottenham in the FA Cup wanted to play with the ball. He wanted to, uh, they wanted to score goals, and we ended up, you know, hitting them on the break, and we were three, three, two up at half time, but. Tottenham haven't got that level of ability that like a Chelsea or an Arsenal have who've come to Goodison and tried to play that way. Um, but that's got to play into our hands, surely, hasn't it, that game plan? Yeah, I mean, you've got to... It sounds arrogant, this, and I don't mean it to be arrogant, but you've got to look at the Fulham team and just go, we're a better team than them. So if they want to attack us, we'll take advantage of it. If they want to sit in and defend them, we'll break them down because we've got better players. They They... They can't boast the likes of Hannes Rodriguez or Charleston or you know whoever um, in the attacking areas and defensively they're nowhere near as good as us. They can't boast some of the defenders we've got. So I don't think we should be you know hoping for them to play any particular way because I think we should have the tools if we want to Europe next season. We need to be beaten full of our own. This this is it's a dodgy season. You can't take any for granted. You know. Really good teams have lost their own to you know like Liverpool lost their own to Brighton, like it does happen. It's not to say you it couldn't happen, but you want to be consolidating uh, at this time. You want to be going into the Man City and Liverpool games off the back of a win, and the, there's no other way around. That, I'm afraid if we don't beat Fulham, then it's a bad result. Hundred percent, we do because uh, if we're gonna be going for Europe, these aren't games you can afford to lose, especially against a team like Fulham who come up and are trying to play the right way. Um, you know the teams against Newcastle with Steve Bruce. We everyone knows Steve Bruce's you know way of playing, hit us on, hitting us on the counter attack. They, they sort of played our way away from home, Newcastle, and I think a lot of people will compare it to that because um, Newcastle you'd say it a bit better than Fulham, but. Recently, that's been you know we've had we've had some pretty tough games, uh, home and away recently. And Newcastle, the one we lost, would you'd say was uh, was the one that you'd expect us to win? Um, but this has got to be one of our one of the games that we have to be getting three points in. Um, obviously, we'll all say I'd take a, a scrappy one nil win as long as we get three points. But this is the game we need to be showing a bit more flair, and I think we need to be winning this game by three or four if we're gonna be you know. You know, we, we need to be like, okay, you know, big big club Everton. We need to be polishing these teams off and putting them back on the shelf after ninety minutes because 
a one nil obviously everyone takes it it's, a, it's three points but i think we just need to be i think we need to go right right at them and we need to play our way but also you know show off a little bit in the way that we need to be getting goals all around the team I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think. I, I think you've got to beat a team who's worse than you. But uh, you know, you can't. There, no one is that much better than the other teams in this division. Where you can just say, "Yeah, we'll about four or five past them." I I would be happy with a one 0 I wouldn't think that's scrappy. If you execute the plan to be solid and you know take your chance when you get it, that's fine by me. The the, the days are long gone where you can go there. You know, not since. Maybe you know Derby County when they got a mid-table championship team in the Premier League. Like are the days gone? Are those days where you can just oh well, not only should we be beating these, we should be beating these by a lot. Maybe if they'd have carried on the way they started the beginning of the season, Fulham they looked really that bad. Then maybe you could possibly say that. But I don't agree with you there. I I think a one-nil with a late goal, as long as it's to a plan and a strategy, is still this is just as good as a. As a four 0 win, it's it doesn't work out like that because we've we've been tested at times this season by some really like West Brom put two past us, so it's it, this this is a, a league that's full of teams who've got a lot of you know energy, high fitness, and a lot of work rates, and that's where we come on stuff against Newcastle. We need to match the work rates because if we don't, we won't be winning at all. Yeah, and Brighton put two past us as well. Um... That game feels like a lifetime ago now, that back in October. Um, but I just think in a game like this, um, I think every game in the Premier League is tough, but this is the game I expect if Everton to go on and just win convincingly. You know, maybe not, as you said there, Teddy, by 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 a few goals, but just win convincingly is in having the strategy playing to it and being better than them for 90 minutes because... You know, we might win one or two nil or one one, or we might not even win at all. But um, if we go out and we execute a plan and we're better than them, that's all I want to see. I want to see us be better than them um, from minute one to minute ninety. Um, obviously, Fulham. I haven't seen too much of Fulham this season. I remember we beat them away at Craven Cottage. But um, what, I've, what have you made of Fulham this season, Teddy? Because Scott Park has come up. It's been a Rocky at times for them this season, but have you watched enough of them to really have an opinion? Because I know I haven't. Just it's 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 interesting to to you know talk about these other teams sometimes. They're gonna, they're gonna go down. I think the bottom three now is the bottom three done and dusted. I don't think any of the three were there. Sheffield United, Fulham, and uh, West Brom. I don't think any of them are gonna get out of it. But Fulham seem like they've got. I don't know. They seem like they've got more in them than the other two. Like when you, you know, they got when you see remember that result they got against Liverpool. They're not dead and buried. You can just you know sleep on them. They've got players who can you know on the right day can hurt you. We've been you know hurt by the likes of Mitrovic before, and you know I know everyone everyone's going to say this, and it's probably not going to happen because everyone's saying it. But Adam Ola-Luchman. He'll turn up eventually against Everton, and it might be this one. So they've got some decent players, but I just don't think they're a good enough team to stay up. As bad as I thought they were going to be, because the opening day against Arsenal, they were awful. They looked they look like they wouldn't win a single game all season if they carried on like that. But they have improved from there, so yeah, they're going to go down, but they're not as bad as I thought they'd be. 
Yeah, I think ability wise, they're the best of them them three, West Brom, Sheffield United and themselves. Um but I think the gaps they leave, you know, I know they've got some decent standout players in there. Harrison Reed's been good at times this season, as you mentioned, Adam Ola Luckman as well. So, you know, maybe I think there is opportunities for us at home to prove ourselves that we can we can score goals. Um but we need to start the game well. That's going to be the thing because with Everton this season, it's starting halves uh, at times. That's been our weak point. Tottenham scored after four minutes the other night. Uh, There's probably a uh, you know um, lead scored at the beginning of the second half at Ellen Road. So I think we need to start both halves well. We need to assert some dominance over them. Uh, with regards to team news. Any changes? Uh, obviously, there are going to be changes from from the Tottenham game. But what changes would you like to see? Would you like to see uh, certain players come back in? And you know, how should we sort of line up? Do you think it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know, some of the obvious ones aren't as obvious now. Like you can't drop. I don't think Davies or or um, Decore going anywhere, and rightfully so. But then drop Sigurdsson for Allen or Hammers. Like some people would, but then others would might not because he, you know, he contributed to a lot of the goals. I think it'll just come down to fitness. I don't think there'll be a tactical change. I think you, you'll, um, you'll, you'll, you might see Allen, you might see Andre Gomez, you know, Hammers. One we'll definitely see is there'll be no Carver Lewin. I don't know whether what they do with that. It's, it seems like obvious that they'll just put Josh King in, but. Is he up to speed yet? They might put Richarlison down the middle and give Bernard the left-hand side after his performance mm-hmm. the other day, or put Iwobi on the left and just put Hammers on the right like he used to be. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll see a few changes because we went so long in this game and it was so frantic and had so much, you know, so much basketball-type football running one end of the pitch to the other. I, I think you'll probably see heavy rotation in this. Maybe not at the defensive side of things. I think you'll probably see your players, but I think the midfield... And the attack, you might see, you know, maybe even three or four changes. Yeah, we need. I think we need changes, especially the fact that we've played 120 minutes against Tottenham, City coming up, and also the derby. Um, there's games to think about there. I'd like to see. Obviously, we know Calvo Lewin's going to get a rest. That's going to be a relief. Uh, I'd like to see Richarlison through the middle. Uh, again, because on the left he's not been playing his best football, and when he moved to the middle against Spurs, he did really well. Um, Awobi, I'd like to see as well because I, I, it sounds strange because I've been one of his biggest critics, but I've actually enjoyed watching Awobi this season. I think he offers quite a lot down that right hand side, especially when uh, I think he's a bit better when when Holgate's there as well because you know Holgate's a bit better. Obviously, Seamus Coleman's been a bit iffy this season, you know, with, with his pace maybe getting caught out at times. So, be good to see a Wobie there when he's not going to do as much tracking back. Hammers Rodriguez, is he going to save him for City? Is he going to play him against Fulham? We're not sure. Allen should be back up to full fitness now, but it wouldn't surprise me if he left him out for another game. Um, You know, with how well Davis played, playing him in the number six. Sigurdsson as well had a really good performance. And I think we're lucky now, Teddy, that we're, we're we're at that point where Carlo's got a player for the positions, and if there's a player that can't play, he's got another player that comes in. Which, with our squad depth, you wouldn't expect. But you know, he's got Josh King to come in across all the front lines. We know we can play on the wing. We've got 
if Rodriguez isn't fit, he drops Sigurdsson in. And, you know, that would have struck fear into the hearts of Evertonians last season. But been playing pretty well so far. We've we've won our you know, we won last night against Tottenham. Uh got a draw at United and obviously uh, the win at Leeds without Allen, you know, with, with Gomez or Davis coming into the team. decore has been a monster, he's absolutely undroppable. And I think he'll play for the majority of seasons. There's been some great tweets about decore Seen one saying um decore still lives in Wofford and runs home after the game. Another one about uh, after Tottenham, he was sat in the dressing room asking if Fulham have, have turned up yet. So, obviously, there's Ben Goffrey there as well. So, I, I, I don't know. There's there's enough squad rotation to go around, which for a team with not much squad depth um, is really promising for me. Um, any Fulham players you think we need to look out for? Because you mentioned Mola Luckman there. Had a pretty up and down time at Everton. You know, if I remember a lot of fans got behind him. Uh, I was one of those. I, I wanted to see a bit more of him. The managers who he played under didn't like him as much. Uh, I think Allardyce played him a little bit. Um, Koeman played him a little bit. I think Koeman signed him. And um, and Silva just did not favour him at all. So, what? any Fulham players you think we really need to be out on the look for? Honestly, it's an obvious one with Mitrovic. He's got a good record against us and he's a, he's a big brute of a player. And we always, you know, traditionally... You know, hopefully it's changing, but we traditionally struggle against those big presence players. I'm not saying he'll, you know, score loads of goals past us, but he'll cause us problems if he starts. I think. Yeah, there's been a couple this season when I have watched Fulham that I've, I've quite fancied the look of. Harrison Reed seems to be a, a, a tricky little player in midfield. Luchman as well, as long as he doesn't get a penalty, I'm probably cursing my words here. But as long as he doesn't get a penalty, um, he should be. He, he won't be. He won't be on the penalty if he gets one, mate. So no. He'll never go on a penalty ever again. There's players like Cavalero, don't know if they're fit. Um, Joe Bryan, if he if he starts at fullback, he, I remember he was linked with Everton when he was back at Bristol City, I think under Martinez. So, you know, they've got a couple of players that can hit us. We need the we know they'll set up in a in a they'll be they'll be pretty organised. They'll know their way of playing when they come in. And I think um, going back to Fulham. If if the well, we were expecting them to get relegated, I don't think it's the end of Scott Parker's time there because I think if if they're gonna improve, I think you need to stick with Parker because I think uh, he he has showed a bit of promise this season as a manager. And you got to remember he's very very young uh, for a manager anyway. Um, Teddy, finally, can I trouble you for the score prediction? Go with two nil. Uh, I'll go with three one. Yeah. I'll, I'll say three one because I think uh, I think we'll score goals, but I can't see us after the other night. Um, I, I'm I'm a bit opt- I'd be a bit optimistic saying that I think we keep a clean sheet, but we've been good, you know, being pretty good defensively this season, apart from obviously the four goals we let in the other night. Um, but yeah, hope you have enjoyed it. All right, that brings us nicely to the end of the show. Um, yeah, just joined by Teddy now. Me and uh, me and Teddy left to do all the cleaning up. Uh, and I'm going to be going through a lightning round. Not really a lightning round, a bit slower than that. But I'm going to be asking Teddy some Everton-related questions and he's going to be giving his answers. And um, yeah, we're going to get straight into it, mate. So the first question we've got, Teddy, what was your first Everton game? 
first Everton game was in 2003, the pre-season. Um, we, I was away at Crew Alexandra, and um, it was one of those things, one of those nights. Moyes used to do this quite a lot. It's not he didn't invent it; other teams do it. But we haven't done it for a long time. I don't think we have anyway. We had split the squad in two and have two friendlies on the same night. I was um, at the Crew Alexandra one. I think there was another one away at Rotherham. It wasn't the best of games. I think we lost. I'm so long ago. I can't remember the result. But I just remember Scott Gemmell being terrible on the night. Yeah, I can't remember them. Um... Because I start, I my 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 first Everton game was towards sort of in the middle of Moyes' reign, so can't remember the early Moyes days, but uh, yeah, it sounds like a dull one that Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, first Everton kit. Uh, no surprise, my first Everton kit was the kit for that season. So it was Moyes' second full season. The season we finished seventeenth, unfortunately, but it was um, it was the home kit. Uh, with Kajan as the sponsor, and if you recall, it had like a glittered effect inside the badge. The only time I've ever seen so. us do that. Yeah. Everton Crest had, had like a sort of like static on a television, like that sort of effect. And I've never seen us do it since or before that. Um, and yeah, Kajan the front, good kiss. It was well, it wasn't a good kit in spite today, but it was all right at the time. I'd really liked it. And uh, first name you had on a kit. Um, that it was it was that kit, and it was Thomas Radzinski. I was trying to be, I was trying to go against the grain. It was the season everyone had Wayne Rooney, which you know to be expected after he'd broke through properly and the year before, and you know he mm-hmm. played the England team and he was the superstar at Everton. But I was uh, trying to be a bit of a hipster in my teenage self. I tried to be a bit of a hipster, and and I went for another player and I would have probably got McFadden if he'd been signed when I got the name on the kit because I liked McFadden a lot of the time as well but Radzinski was so fast and he scored in the first home game of the season I think ironically against Fulham so I just thought yeah he's uh, he's, he's for me and um, obviously friends of the Toffee Blues as well he's done an interview with us yeah make sure you go check that on our YouTube channel if you haven't already Um Favourite season, Terry? Um, hopefully it'll be this one. Um, yeah. It's going quite well, isn't it? But I think I'd have to go for the first Martinez season. I just felt like anything was possible at that time. It was, I'd got, a, you know, David Moyes did a fantastic job at Everton, but I'd got a little bit, you know, bored and stay. I felt, for me, he'd got a little bit stale around that time. Mm. I thought I knew change would be good, and then when Roberto came in, and he, you know, we all we all look back and we all remember what he was like when when we were winning games. All everywhere that came out of his mouth was golden, you know, like oh, he's gonna yeah. play the Barcelona way, and he's gonna go for the title, but he's gonna do it in an organic way and not just buy loads of players, and he's gonna get you know sleeping pods built at Finch Farm so he can do everything like you know La Masia, and it was just I et all of that up, and it's easy to when you get seventy. Four points in a season, seventy-two points, whatever it was, record points all for the Premier League season for Everton. And I just, I was in love with that team. I was yeah. in love with Martin at the time, and it was still, it you know, as a time capsule. Not the whole, you know, what happened came after. Obviously, wasn't great, but that season was great. I can talk about that season, but you know what, Terry? We should probably do an episode just talking about that season because right. so the, if they should make that that season into a film. Honestly, just that season with like 
Uh, we could probably do it as well, casting each player as an actor for a uh, for that season. <laughs> with like, yeah, I'm just they probably like like Bruce Willis with a spray tan, Roberto Martinez and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> it's man because I remember it was such a strange season because I was used to David Moyes every single year, and then all of a sudden Martinez come in. The pitch got done up, didn't it? Remember, he they installed a, a brand new pitch at Goodison during yeah. the summer. Um, yeah. We swapped, and uh, oh no, we were still with Nike then, weren't we? Um, I didn't like you the said, only thing, uh, yeah. The only yeah. thing that ruins that season is that stupid badge. Yeah, that's stu- the stupid badge. Um, there's like I remember I was in my second year of high school during that season, and um, like there was the the, the feeling of oh my god we're gonna challenge uh, everyone for 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 this and that there was I remember being absolutely embarrassed because it, it was the first time holding being an Evertonian sort of holds any weight for me and I remember going into school the day after we got beat four 0 by Liverpool it was one of the worst days in my life that like uh, it like I remember being absolutely embarrassed to show my face and it's the first time I was ever like embarrassed as an Evertonian like to go into school and stuff like that it was bad. Um, there's so much about that season you can talk about. Like, there's the Arsenal away uh, cup game. Um, there's there's all kinds to talk about. It was yeah, it was a mad season that, and uh, definitely the most eventful we've seen in recent years. Um, favorite Everton game of all time. So I go back and forth on this. Um, a close second place is the the Carsley Derby. Because it was the first derby that I was at that we won. I'd been at other derbies previously, but we hadn't won them. And I was in school at the time, and you know, just to go into school. Yeah, I know how that feels. For me, it was the. Um, yeah. For me, it was the Arteta one, the Arteta and Kyle two 0 at Goodison one. Um, and remember all me, me and all me, like actually, I had quite an uh, quite a few Everton mates in school at that point. I was in like, must have been like me me second to last year of, of like primary school must be about, I was yeah I was about nine or ten at the time and I uh, remember like we all gone oh do you know what let's let's all meet up before school let's all walk into school and like we'll like uh we'll like all walk in we walked in like that scene in Reservoir Dogs like on the Monday <laughs> after the game where they're all walking in the suits and it was like it was like boom 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 and we just, <laughs> oh yeah it was brilliant that where Winning your first derby is, is something else. So yeah. Well, that was only the second. That was my second. The winner, my favourite game long term, is that Martinez Martinez season when we beat Arsenal three 0 at home. Oh, we just, yeah. Just battered them, and that one. The reason that's my favourite is not even the, the game itself. I've seen games where we've been more dominant. I've seen games that were more important, but that at, we were on a great run of form. We, you know coming into the running at the end of the season and it was just like we're going to get in the Champions League we're too good like the the belief in that team and then we played Arsenal and battered them like it could have been 10-0 we absolutely rinsed them every player was just great that day so again there's been bigger games there's been you know other great performances other people answering this question might go to Man United semi-final or or you know another derby win or something like that but that for me, just I felt that day when that match finished, I was like, we've turned the corner. We're actually going to make that step now into that Champions League position. What we'd always wanted to do under Moyes, but couldn't do it. I thought we've done it now. We've got a different manager. 
got goal scoring and Lukaku we're gonna we're, obviously what happened next didn't quite go according to the scripts but <laughs> it was a great game yeah I do I would love to see that as we I'm gonna we'll have to speak to Toffee Blues John about it because we do need to do an episode just like an hour long episode of the podcast talking about that season favorite moments and all that and then just yeah. yeah well if we were to do it as a film we should do, do an actor for each role and just uh yeah write an actor in for each role for that of that team um because that'd be an amazing comedy i don't know if it'd be a comedy film or a drama film that'd be weird um <laughs> favorite everton goal uh this one will be quite common uh the dan gosling winner yeah in the you know an fa cup derby extra time right at the end and it had come off the back of, you know, Benitez having a, you know, a little strop um, a few weeks before when we played um, Liverpool. And he said he called us a small club and he was preparing for penalties. So he called us a small club because we were defensive against them, in his words, in the league game. And then he was setting up towards the end of the game to try and see the game out and get to penalties like on... Wasn't that a small club thing to do a few weeks ago? Just the hypocrisy, hypocrisy of the man. Did I say that right? Anyway, he's hypocrisy. a hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy. hypocrisy him, yeah. I, I knew when I said it the second time, I still got it wrong. The mm. hypocrisy of that thing, my bed. Just, I loved it. It was the fact that it just went so against, you know, against him. It wasn't even, you know, it's good to score a winner against Liverpool in any circumstances, but to throw that down as throw was great. That was brilliant. That that's probably my favourite Everton season. That oh eight oh nine. And if you go back in the episodes in the podcast, me and Terry have have done one of these where he was asking me the questions, and I think that was my one because it was my first season, and I must have seen the last few months of it because well, I think it was in February, wasn't it? it was, I think it might have been this round. What we're, we're talking about for Tottenham here, um, at Goodison under the lights, and it was the first Everton goal I can remember because uh, I was seven, just about to turn eight. Um, and I remember my dad just throwing me up in the air when the goal went in. I didn't have a clue what was going on, um, and then it, cause it was and that 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 was I can pinpoint that as the moment I, I became an Evertonian because I just remember like the look in my dad's face. You could tell for weeks he'd been thinking about this match, and you could tell he like all of the the emotion just came out of him in one bit. And he, like he hadn't seen this in age. I remember him throwing me up, up, up right. I mean, like my head must have nearly touched the ceiling. It was unbelievable. Um, just the way he like falls back and knocks it in. The kit was pretty good. Even that. Well, I'm saying that with my 0809 tinted specs on. Cause I loved that season. Um, like the the ITV going off. Um, the shot of the fans ragging each other around the Gladys Street afterwards. Yeah, that that's an amazing moment. That's unbelievable. And like, if there was ever like, like it sounds cliche, but if there's ever a magical Goodison Park moment, that's it for me. That's what I put it down as. Um, yeah. Favorite Everton kit? Well, it's a tough one. This there is a, there is a long-standing favorite of mine, um, but this season's is is getting there. You know, I like this season's kit a lot, like an awful lot. But I think to just Nudge it for me. I'm just checking the year now. Yeah, 2014, 2015. It'll stick out in your mind because oh, it was yeah. the first. Yeah, it was the, the the navy socks as well. Yes, 
uh, anyone who's listened to these podcasts before with kits I mentioned will know I'm obsessed with this kit um, or anyone who follows me on Twitter. The navy socks, the new badge, the sort of navy detailing. I love that kit. That is my favourite Everton Smartest kit. Smartest Everton kit of all time. It's like it's like this season's kit is like a, a nicely cut Hugo Boss suit, but that 14-15 kit was a tuxedo. Like you could you could wear that kit to a gala dinner. That's how smart that kit was. Just with the like the little piping and the buttons coming up and like the nice it had like a sort of nice pattern, didn't it? Like to touch it was a nice nice material. The the blue socks in on it I think it was on a Dixie Dean. The Dixie Dean sort of it must I don't know. It was yeah, I don't know whether it? it was a throwback to the ninety five kit. It was it was yeah, I thought yeah. I always thought it was a throwback to like the, like that era, like the 1930s or something, when Everton used to wear blue, like navy blue socks or something. I always thought that was what it was. Do you remember the advert for it? The advert where it went um, fabric since like whatever, and it was Duncan Ferguson, and he went fabric since 1995 or something like that. Something like that because we it was the first season back at Umbro, and, and Umbro for me every year after this were crap. But for oh, this season, talk about all, honestly. Yeah, say it, Terry. Say it louder for the people in the back because it's the only nice Umbro kit Everton have made. That season, they just literally used all their good energy for Everton. The three kits we Coomans, had that season. Yeah, 16-17 kit. I like that one, like the silky one with the crew neck. I, I like that one. But yeah. That wasn't, even, uh, that wasn't bad, but it wasn't, wasn't one of the better ones. But this season, they used all of their good, like, their good points on Everton kits because the third kit was good. But that kit... Was amazing. And just touching on what Paul said on the live stream the other night, would you want to win the cup, win a cup in your away kit? I was actually like buzzing this season because we, if you remember, we were absolutely mustered in Europe. We were battering everyone. We would like yeah, that we and great. young yeah. boys away and all that. Yeah, we were, and I thought to myself, we're gonna win this uh, Europa League or UEFA Cup. I'm not sure which one it was at the, then. But we're gonna win our. our second European trophy ever and we're going to have the nicest kit ever on the pictures and I was thinking there's nothing better than that and, and I was building myself up and then obviously Martinez decided to play Alcaraz against uh, Kiev and that was that but um, oh, it was such a good kit that yeah but that, this, that, this, that this, whole this, Europa League campaign was just something else we made Kevin De Bruyne look like Ali Dyer in that game he was awful <laughs> against us we um We've got a nice kit this season. I think this season's home kit is my close second, but it'll not. You can't top that. Um, that navy socks kit. It's amazing. Navy socks kit with the black away kit as well, which we wore. Yeah, all the, wore that a the white. Star, I don't remember. The white and purple as well. And the white and purple away at Burnley, we won three one. Um, if it, it's weird, it's like it feels like uh, if that if that um. If that 13-14 season was a film, it'd probably be like Spider-Man Homecoming and then Spider-Man Far From Home would be the next one. It was a bit more exuberant. It was a bit more, a bit different in stop, places. There was stop, a bit stop, more... stop trying to make seasons into films. They're not all films. I do think we need to pitch it, to be honest. Like that 13-14 well, season as a film would be brilliant. Um, that 17-18 season with Alan. Cooman was a horror film. Uh, a Blumhouse, a Blumhouse Productions, <laughs> Allardyce and Cooman. See, what would that be called? That'd just be called the Cuckoo Martina season. Oh, 
Oh, it strike well, fear into the hearts of the people in the cinema as soon as they heard it. Um, fa- uh, sorry, least favourite Everton player? Um, probably Morgan Schneidlin, you know. Couldn't stand him at the end. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I think just, there was a thread about him on Twitter the other day and it was like, he was alright for six months and he was just awful. The amount of red cards he got. He never seemed to look bothered. Um yeah, he was absolute, absolute charlatan of a player. He, he strolled about the pitch like he was someone. He was terrible. He didn't care. He was he, and he, he was crap to boot. It wasn't like he was quality and we were beneath them. But that's the thing as well. When he left, he said that he wanted to go to Everton and, you know, rejig himself and then end up back at a team like Man United. So he thought that Everton were going to be a stepping stone for him to go back into a top Champions League club. It's like, mate, you weren't good enough for Everton. That's why you got, mm. you, you know, you, you were shuffled out the door for next to no money at the end of your contract and no one could stand you. He genuinely thought that he was going to come in and use us as a little <sighs> bit of a meatball to get back to the top. It's like, mate, you're shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Walking, strolling around the pitch while players fly past him. There's been worse players than him, but there hasn't been many with as bad an attitude. Did, but... you, um, did you see that picture on Twitter a couple of days ago? Of that game at the Emirates a couple of seasons ago, seventeen eighteen, oh. where Mangala oh. played, and it was a picture of just the team, and we'll have to find it, and I'll, I'll see if I can find it and read it. Read that it. Was the here. game Allardyce said afterwards? He asked why he's. Um, he was either asked why he didn't play Luckman or why he let him go out on loan, um, and he said, "Well, I've got Theo Walcott who cost twenty million pounds and." Yannick Balassi, who costs £30 million. He's throwing the price tag of players in as the justification for not playing a better player. Oh, my God. He was... Oh, it was such a strange... Like, yeah. Talk, we've just bespoke about that 17-18 season. It was just awful. And I'd say Schneiderlin's probably up there for me. Um, I don't know if I'd say he's my least favourite player. Uh, I don't know who my, who my least favourite player is, but... You talking then about Schneiderlin's unlocked some horrible memories, Terry. Um, suppose you could say Ashley Williams. Yeah. Oh, it's mad that one. It's mad that one you've just said is still at the club. No, but he's not my least favourite. Um, just by virtue of others being worse than him, but he's he'd be on the list. But that way, yeah, he was pretty bad. Um, I can't find that team anywhere. I'll have to find it. Um, in next. I yeah, it was awful. Um, next question was if I can get it back up. Um, favorite Everton manager? David Unsworth. Now it's um, <laughs> Carlo Ancelotti. What, yeah. what, what, what can you say? The, the man is just class. He oozes class. He's a, a you know a winner, a serial winner. He's just everything I want in my Everton manager, and he loves Crosby as well. So fair play. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love Crosby? Uh, and the last question is your favourite Goodison memory? Um, quite a few. Obviously, I've named a, a couple. The uh, you know, Carsley Derby was great. Um, but I think for this, just because I remember coming out the ground, singing in the streets, and saying that people know immediately what the game is. The one nil win over Manchester United with Duncan Ferguson's diving header. This season we finished fourth. Unbelievable. Did we finish fourth to minus one goal difference? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but that's, that game 
thrown about like, oh, we must have been a terrible defensive team. No, that's because like with four games left, we lost 7-0 to Arsenal. Not great, but it's it, the, the goal difference was only minus due to a free high defeat. Like, we doesn't tell the full story. If we say we lose that game to Arsenal 1-0, We'd have had like a plus five, six goal difference. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not as simple. No, as that. I thought. I th- I always thought that was the season before. I don't think so. I think it was the season. Was that not the fourth. season he went invincible? Man United. Uh, yeah, because we finished, we finished fourth in o four o five. Yeah. And Arsenal went invincible in o three o four. But the header was against Man United, not Arsenal. No, I know, but you're saying we lost 7-0, and that's why the goal difference was so bad. To Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, so if we finish, we finish fourth with a minus one goal difference. Yeah. The season, that, the season that Ferguson scored the header. Yeah. If we then went on to lose 7-0 to Arsenal, that would mean we had a minus one goal difference, but I'm sure that was the season before we lost 7-0 to Arsenal. Because we played them in the first game of that season at home. Yeah, but it was away when we lost seven yeah. to Arsenal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find this because I want to know. Because <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm anyway. changing me. Anyway, very we'll look anyway to so that. yeah, favorite Goodison memory, Ferguson. I'm, I'm changing it from that. It's the same season. It's not that goal. That's that's one one point five. That is. My favourite memory is the lap of honour at the end of that season when we finished fourth. That was just unbelievable. The sun was out. We'd finish fourth, players going on the pitch. I was standing on my seat in the ground. You know, like, just imagine the jubilation, the celebration at Goodison when we'd finished fourth in the Premier League after a roller coaster of a season. So that's my favourite Goodison memory, the lap of honour in the 2004-05 season. Teddy, you're actually right. It was that season that you've just said. Awesome, right? I can't believe it. How did the team finish fourth and get beat 7-0 in the same season? Mind you, Liverpool are probably going to do it 7-2 this season, aren't they? Yeah. Just one of those results, mate. We were, a good, we were a good team. Everyone uses that. Like, oh, they finished with a minus goal difference. Like, yeah, but that's sort of because of one game. Uh, a free mm. game and a terrible game. But Arsenal back then were, were the Arsenal that people still pretend they are now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks to Teddy for joining me also. Obviously, I think you you follow it on Spotify. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, make sure you stay tuned for the next episode of the podcast. Hopefully, me and Teddy can do this again. Uh, the lightning rounds are pretty, pretty fun ones to do. And um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you in the next one. Oh, sorry, we need a song, don't we? Oh, do we? Uh... Yeah, we need a song, I just remembered. False, false alarm. Um, I'm going to go for... Oh, God. Uh, I'll go... For... I'll do one if you want. But yeah, go on. You. You've got one, Teddy. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the last thing played on my playlist. And for anyone who's, who's not into my type of music, the name of the band doesn't necessarily equal the way this song sounds. But if the song is Peace Sells by Megadeth. Peace Sells by Megadeth. Yeah, that's going to be what uh, what plays us out. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you have, as I said, stay tuned for the next episode of the podcast. Follow it on Spotify uh, and you'll get every single episode, every single time it comes out. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And again, thank you, Teddy, for joining me. Uh, as Teddy would say, the dulcet tones of Megadeth will be playing us out for this episode. <laughs>
<laughs> Hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you in the next one. this garbage you're watching i want to watch the news are you making are you making headway at least this is the news